While you are asleep, O oh man, and without being aware of it, the earth of itself is producing its fruits. St. Ambrose of Milan commenting on today's gospel passage. And today's reading have everything to do about growth without exception. This is the time of the year, and anyone who is a gardener or maybe even just tending your yard knows that at this point in the year, the rains of the spring have come, and the summer sun is out. And boy, has it been out the last week, right? And all of a sudden, things start shooting up in your lawn, right? Hopefully grass, but in my case, wild strawberries and uh, you know those things that I fight all spring to keep at bay. In the lawn, in the garden, in the beds, things are growing quickly right now. And so I don't think it's a coincidence that in our region, in the church year, we're talking here about growth today. Jesus is talking about growth of the kingdom of God, and we're looking at how that compares to a farmer or a gardener who grows. We hear a lot about growth in our world, don't we? When you open up a newspaper, or you go online, or to news sites, or in meetings at work, you hear about growth of business, or growth of sales, growth of customers. We talk about growth in people, too. In our world of education, we hear all about growth in knowledge and skill. And here at Lakewood Anglican, we talk about growth in numbers and parishioners sometimes. This past week, this um, congregation celebrated, I don't know if you realize this, we celebrated our first meeting, our first planning meeting of the, of the congregation was, in June, was on June 20th, 2013. And we've grown from around nine sitting around in my living room to 90 on the rolls. Look at the rolls this past week. Praise God. Attendance is up 23% from last year. And that's great. But when you work in a business world, you're driven by these numbers. And as any salesman would tell you, there's a direct correlation between your efforts and your growth in sales. But this is not so with the kingdom of God. This is not the type of growth Jesus is talking about. Oh, don't get me wrong. Our Lord rejoices at the fact that we grow things, that we produce things, that we as a church are growing in number. But that's not what it's all about. And if that's what it becomes all about, we've become wrong-headed. Look with me at what Jesus says in today's gospel. If you have your Bibles, open with me to Mark chapter 4, verse 26. Or you can find it in your scripture insert, Mark chapter 4, verse 26. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. Stop there for a minute. We scatter the seed, and we reap the harvest as gardeners or farmers, 
but we don't control the growing. And I think that's the main point of the text today. You, contrary to what our can-do culture says, you and I are not the grower. You and I are the sower. You and I are the harvester. But we are not the grower. We can't cause squat. We, we can't cause that seed to come up through the, through the soil. We can't cause that flower to bloom. We can do all sorts of things scientifically to coach it along or make it resistant to herbicides and insects, with herbicides and insects, all sorts of things like that, right, in the physical world. But we can't create life. And so it is in the spiritual world. You cannot create life. I cannot create life. We can do things to cultivate. We can do things to, to, to bring about and, and to make our faith stronger. But ultimately, that gift of the word is that. It's an action of God. It's a gift. It's not something you get. It's something you receive. Do you see the difference? You are not the grower. And I want to suggest that in a Christian's life, there are predominantly two types of growth that I want to talk about and that Jesus is talking about. The first is growth from death. And the second is growth of the Christian and the kingdom. They're both mysterious. Well, what's the seed simile here? What's Jesus talking about? The kingdom of God is like a seed, notice he says. Strictly speaking, this is not a parable. This is a comparison. If you look at the rest of the Bible, the definition of the seed is clear. The seed is the word of God, Jesus Christ. Jesus tells him himself this in John's gospel, chapter 12, verse 24, when he writes of himself, truly, or says of himself, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. You see, Jesus is calling himself the seed. The seed that dies and is planted in the ground. And of course, you and I know that Jesus is referring to the fact that he'll die on the cross. He'll be planted in the ground in the tomb to bring about new life when he rises again. Growth comes from death in Jesus. The very opposite of what our world teaches. In today's gospel passage, the same is true. It's Jesus who's going to be placed in the ground, but he also calls us to come to him, to crucify ourselves so that we can grow, right? Growth comes from death, and it's in God's control. There is no self-actualization in the Christian walk. There's no self-actualization in the Christian walk. There's the Holy Spirit activating and actualizing who you are. But it's something that we're caused to do, not something that we can do ourselves. Rather, we find life and fulfillment by finding Jesus Christ... And by following Jesus Christ, this is the first and most vital step. 
In Peter's letter to the church, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, he writes to the early church, Since you have been born again, not of, get this, perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower fails. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that we preach to you. And if you look at that epistle reading in the context, what is that word that's been preached to them? It's the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So what is St. Peter saying is the seed here? Once again, it's the word of God. Do you see what the apostle's trying to say? That you and I have the imperishable seed, not the perishable one, in the word of God. Implanted in us. When we're baptized, when we come to know Jesus as adults, when we cultivate that faith, that word, that seed, that gift is in us. And it can never be taken away. That's the promise. And that growth is assured to you and I. It can never be taken away. That's the promise. But we talk about next a second type of growth. The growth of the Christian. How does a Christian grow? You might ask. Because it doesn't seem right to say that we just receive the word of God. That we just have the Holy Spirit. And then we sit back on our haunches, right? I don't think that's what the Bible says. But rather, we grow as Christians by being engaged with the very Word of God. Now, I've been saying Word of God continually here. You've probably noticed that. Who is the Word of God? Jesus Christ is the Word of God, right? So don't think that I'm saying this is all about the Bible. It's not. It's all about Jesus. The Bible points to Jesus. The Bible is Jesus' way of telling us about himself. The Bible is the word of God in that sense, yes. But the Bible is all about Jesus Christ, who is the living word to us. So how do we grow? Well, we learn about Jesus. How do we learn about Jesus? Well, we read the Bible, right? That's the definitive mark of who a Christian is, someone that has Jesus and grows by reading about him, by knowing him. There's no other source of information that God gives to us about himself that's as reliable as Holy Writ. As Anglicans, we believe in prima scriptura, meaning the Bible is the authoritative word of God telling us about God. Now, it's true that, yes, the Holy Spirit leads you. It's true that, yes, you might pray and get answers to your prayers directing you. But should those things ever contradict what's written here, throw them out. Because God doesn't contradict himself. So we grow as Christians by being one in the word, because the word's in us, and two, by being part of the kingdom. Because notice, what's Jesus saying? The kingdom of God is like the simile here, right? So 
we are part of the kingdom coming from death to life. That growth comes from our own personal, spiritual, dying to ourself. St. Paul speaks of the same thing in his letter to the Corinthians. I don't know if you caught it in the epistle, but take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. In the epistle reading, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. For while we are still in this tent, St. Paul writes, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. I love that imagery. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Meaning what we already have is going to be brought into something greater. He continues. Verse 5. He who has prepared for us this very thing is God who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So you see, what's your guarantee? We said earlier that implanted word that the Holy Spirit is in you. By God's grace. And that Holy Spirit, he is not going to let you just sit on your haunches. He's not going to let you just stay still. He's going to grow you. He's going to move you. He's going to push you. Yes, he's the comforter, but sometimes he's also the kick in the rump. Sometimes it seems to me he's more the kick in the rump. I don't know about you. Maybe that's just a personality thing. But we grow as Christians because God causes it in the Holy Spirit. And it begins with Jesus' death, to reflect our own death reflecting Jesus' death. The Apostle James writes on the same subject, chapter 1 of his epistle, verse 21. He says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word. Do you see it again? The implanted word, which is able to save your souls. It's this simple. Growth is the doing of God. And if you want to grow and live, you have to die to yourself so that you can live. Putting away filthiness and wickedness, things that God has revealed in his word to be wrong and harmful. In Galatians, Paul says to the Galatian church, chapter 5, verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Trinity tide here that we're in is the season of growth. We have green on the altar and in our pyramids to remind us that we're growing together as Christians. We begin this season looking at the Sabbath, right? We continue to look at how God rescued us last week with Genesis 3. And now we see how he intends to accomplish our growth. So, as you walk forth from this place today, know that it's not all on you. It's a great relief, actually. Your spiritual development is not all on you. It's all on God. He is the grower. Jesus has been planted into you, that living word as the Holy Spirit. Look to the Bible and the Holy Spirit and see what filth needs to be removed. 
What filth in your life is still there? What hasn't he removed? What hasn't he cleaned? What hasn't he dug up yet? What hasn't he fertilized yet? Where does he want you to grow and develop? For goodness sake, feed yourself. Feed yourself. Make every effort to come to the word of God. Make every effort to come to the sacrament. Because those are the things, the means of grace that God gives to us so that we can grow. But know that your growth is assured. He's the grower. We're just the planters and the harvesters looking at the growth happen. And I'll close with a quote from John Newton. You know, the famous uh, hymn writer that wrote Amazing Grace, who wrote, To know Jesus is the shortest description of true grace. To know him better is the surest mark of growth in grace. To know him perfectly is eternal life. Friends, know Jesus. Seek to know him better. Rest assured in his perfection. In the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.